We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. In a few minutes, we're going to be talking a little bit about the uh, some of the changes that are happening at, at one of Richmond's premier museums, the Valentine, and... Uh, I've been I've been enjoying some of the pictures on Instagram that Bill Martin has been posting of the changes there. Some of the uh, it's really been taking it down to the to the bare bones in a lot of places as they expand their offerings. So we're going to be getting Bill on the phone here soon, uh, and then uh, coming up later in the hour, we're he'll, we're, we'll hear from John Belisles about some of the stories that he's really following. Uh, some some key issues in Richmond that will be uh, bleeding over into the new year. John has a newsletter called the Five by Five, and uh, and he'll he'll be uh, sharing some of the things that he's watching. I urge you to sign up for his newsletter, check it out, see what you like. There are a lot of newsletters that got started this year. Uh, one of them was Axios, and Axios is a national news outlet, but we saw in Richmond the start of a uh, Richmond version of Axios. And Ned Oliver is going to be on the show Friday. Ned is one of the writers of the Axios newsletter, and he'll be sharing uh, some of the reporting that he's done on the governor's first year uh, and what might be coming up in the new year at the session that starts January 11th. But in the meantime, let's bring on Bill Martin. Uh, We're happy to have him on. Good morning, Bill. Good morning. How are you? <laughs> hey, I'm doing well. It's good to talk with you as always. And you have been sharing with listeners a little bit about, uh, you know, some of the changes that are going on with, with your museum, uh, which is Richmond's museum, really. Uh, that's our mission. All Richmond all the time. Yeah. And what is, what is the, I was trying to think of the phrase that you've been doing that a, a finished museum, what is it? An unfinished, I can't remember. A finished museum is a dead one, Um, and it's a pretty strong statement, um, but it was actually done um, by the first woman to serve as a museum director in the country, um, who was Laura Bragg, and she was director of a museum here in 1928 to 1932, thereabouts. And so, um, in a a letter to the board chairman... um, Really, I think as she was leaving the museum uh, to, to move back to Charleston to have a museum there, uh, she had accomplished so much during her four years here, and she basically said, listen, I know you think everything is done, but let me just be aware that we're never finished. And I think that that's sort of the Valentine heritage, and, and it's our tradition of making sure that this institution um, is useful. I have a trustee who always uses that word. She's been here as a trustee and a volunteer for 55 years, and I always say, why are you here? And she continually says, the Valentine always tries to be useful in the moment. Uh, What does our community need, whether it's school programming, 
Uh, and that's certainly been something that we have been dedicated to since 1902, uh, which is pretty amazing. We've been free to Richmond Public Schools, uh, both black and white, since 1902. Yeah, I think uh, and that I don't, tradition I don't... Con- continues today. You know, that tradition continues today. So, yeah, it's cool. I mean, and and I've been to the Valentine, and I, I guess it never really sunk sank in that it was more than a hundred years old. Yeah, 125 years next year. Um, so certainly one of the older museums uh, in Virginia. Um, and this tradition of sort of changing as times change, trying to make sure that, again, we have a mission within the community that meets a critical community need. Um, and certainly right now, um, making sure that we are actively engaged about what the meaning of our history is. Certainly over the last three years, history changed. I mean, well, history doesn't change, but I mean, I think um, that so much has happened over the last three years uh, for us to digest and to try to to make sense of what happened in the last three years and, and how as a community we need to approach that history uh, in a way that moves us forward as a community. And so we were pretty excited. Yesterday, the New York Times did a great story on Richmond uh, that included us as part of a group of from the Virginia Museum of History and Culture to the VMFA uh, that Richmond's cultural institutions in many ways are leading tough conversations um, about the last three years, but also of that much longer history of Richmond. So it's an interesting time for us. And certainly this next year is going to be a big one. Yeah, it's an interesting way to look at time itself, especially at this point in the year when, you know, you can barely remember what just happened this year. (laughs) And then you go to a museum like yours and you have this expansion of time where you see things in context and, how long certain things took or how quickly other things changed. And, and how often history repeats itself. Um, and so learn, you know, hopefully uh, learning a bit about some of the mistakes that we made as a community. And also at the same time, and I think sometimes we are, are often so focused on, gosh, we could have learned that at that moment. We don't enough actually sit and celebrate the, the, the achievements that so many in our community uh, that, that are that we can find so often in our community, and not just in the normal places. I mean, I think understanding the achievements of folks in Jackson Ward and creating this amazing community that's now being worked on with the Moon Sisters with the Jacks Project. I think we're looking at so many interesting projects that are going on, providing new research, new understanding for things that have been there the entire time. And I think that's the fun part about this, is discovering things that are right in front of us uh, and discovering new new things that we didn't know about our community and about ourselves. And that's certainly one of the projects we're working on right now. It's the biggest thing I think we've probably ever done in terms of a review of a collection. So as you know, we have this large collection uh, 1.6 million objects is what we've always said, and making sure that every object in that collection 
um, tells a great story. So over the last three years, our curators have been looking at every object. Wow. And saying, yeah, it's been a crazy, it's actually been, COVID in many ways provide this perfect break time um, for us to do this. But to say, you know what? We don't even know who gave that object to us. How can it have a story if we don't even know where it came from? Right. And so going back and looking at the, the histories of every object and just sort of looking at that and, and saying, you know, if it doesn't fit, um, if it doesn't tell a story that is, is important and relevant and interesting, maybe it doesn't need to be here. And so we're certainly going to be reducing uh, the size of the collection. But the other thing is we're building new storage. Not the sexiest project, quite frankly, <laughs> but probably the most important one that that has happened at Valentine for a very, very long time. Small expansion to the museum, taking existing storage spaces. So when you come next time to do research in our archives, I know you've been in that, that little room with the tables in the middle. That's, That's right. That's no longer there. You will have, there is actually a full research uh, room available. All of our collections will be in really amazing state-of-the-art storage facilities. And that should be completed um, by the end of next year. So things like those great style magazine photographs and all the style magazines will all be are all here just waiting to be cataloged. And so all of that, that work will begin uh, in the coming year. So just so to step back, cool. yeah, oh, that's amazing. And what, would you call it, what you all are doing right now, is it an expansion? Is it, uh, can you give me an idea of the amount of money it took to get this project underway? Well, you know, as I say, it, it's, um, the goal for the campaign is $16 million. Uh, We're just a couple million short, which is great. Um, and we'll continue to raise that through the beginning part of, of next year. But it has three components. One is you, have, you always have to pay the bills. And so making sure that a component of this campaign builds our endowment. So that no matter what happens, we have a core support that comes from our endowment. The other piece of it is this storage facility, but it also meant hiring a large number of temporary curators to work with us for three, four years to do that project. So in many ways, it's a labor-intensive project to look at everything. The building itself um, is not you know, it's like $6 million, hmm. um, but the work to get there. Uh, is the part that has probably been the toughest um, and most time-consuming. So six extra people were brought on um, in January. This is the, in January of 2020. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> we, had, we had it staffed. And during that entire – so we were able to, to really continue the inventory and review process even during COVID because much of it could be done online. And when we talk um, about, you know, the 1.6 million objects that you're talking about, just to give people an idea, these are, these are, these are things like uh, it could be an old computer or a costume or what? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's everything from maps, uh, books, photographs. We have an incredibly strong photography collection. We have, a, as you know, a very good uh, costume and textile collection. And so making sure that each of those things, uh, each object is evaluated, not only for relevance, but also for condition. You know, you, you could have something that's absolutely amazing, 
but could never be exhibited, never be available for research because it is simply so fragile that it is descend- that's right. often true with with organic materials. It's just sort of decaying in front of your eyes, and there's really no way to stop it. Um, so you've got those kind of challenges. Um, so everything, furniture, paintings, and and so we have that piece of this project, which I'm pleased to say is on time, uh, and we will start hopefully start moving objects back in, because one of the reasons this is expensive is to do this work, the entire collection, every piece, had to be moved out of the building to off-site storage. That's a little overwhelming, Bill, to think about, and I can't imagine. And I know, you know, thank, thank God there are people with better brains than I have. Yeah. Like, oh my God, how's this going to happen? So it happened. It was great. I mean, and so suddenly being able to move that all those materials back in to nice new homes um, where they'll be safe for a very long time. This is something you only do in a museum every fifty years. Yeah, and I mentioned um, you mentioned Style Weekly uh, before we go. But I, you know, I was editor there, as you know, for twelve years, and I remember yeah. you know we had all these uh, big books of the physical issue of Style Weekly, the newsprint. We didn't we didn't have things right. online back then. So one of the things that happened when Style Weekly changed ownership was that the Valentine took on that collection and you're getting ready to digitize it so that Yeah, we're getting ready to do it. Yeah. Now you guys I'm gonna tell you something. Not all the photographs are identified. So those bound <laughs> volumes are gonna be incredibly important because to to identify some of the photographs, a lot of the great photography that I mean, some of the best photography done in Richmond in the last several decades was style photography. No doubt about it. And, you know, but not everything was identified. So those bound volumes are going to be so important because we're going to have to go back and match photographs to captions. It's so yeah. when when you have some extra time, come on over. That's right. Well, uh, I'm out of time now, but I want to mention if if people want to find out more about your project, they can go to thevalentine.org, and I'm sure you will also accept donations toward this uh, campaign as well. Absolutely. <laughs> I um, don't give it to you. Hear more about it. Come down, visit. We'll take you on a tour. Nothing like a hard hat tour to find out what's really going on. Absolutely. Well, congratulations on all the work that's been done, and uh, that's this is going to be something to celebrate in the new year as well. It will. Thanks so, Thanks much. so much. Appreciate it. Happy New Year, Bill, right. Bill Martin, Executive Director you, of the Valentine. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices, anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.